What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of Alter Call. And look who's back, graced us with her presence. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. Yes, I am back from my world travels. Welcome back. How were your travels? They were wonderful. I went to London for a family, let's, let's say a quasi friend to our family, uh, celebrated her 60th birthday. So it was so nice to be there. And like we celebrated her for a full week. It was wonderful. Um, and then I went to Copenhagen just because I'd never been to Copenhagen. And it was a pretty cool city. But yeah, my travels were great. The one maths business I did is I did listen uh, to you and Nana. And I was like so jealous. I was like, <laughs> I would Next time I want Nana to come when I'm there because she was great. I enjoyed you guys so much. Thank you. You were missed. You were mentioned your spirit was there. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Tane really remembers what I say. I don't know if I remember what she says though. (laughs) The spirit of aid was in me because I was questioning myself. I'll say something and I'm like, wait, did she say it? I think at some point I was like, listen, aid, if you didn't say it, I'm sorry. But As far as I know, everything you said, I did say. <laughs> Good, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was very, it really was interesting to see, to hear things from someone who's never watched and see all like their first impressions. Because like the things from Lindy, like I was very surprised when she said, "Oh, I was Team Miguel," and then she said her points, and I was like, "You know what? I can see that." But it's just life. Without backstory, we just see things differently. <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved her take on Morgan and Ben, which was like, I think they hate each other. I was like, I haven't seen that, but now I do. Yeah, she's like, I don't even think they like each other. So, yeah. But do you have any housekeeping that we need to update people on? Of course, in the spirit of people or in the spirit of us enjoying life and taking vacation, Tane will be out next week. So we will have a special guest host uh on next week's episode i'm very excited 
I'm very excited for you guys too. It should be fun. <laughs> Your guest is going to come with a PSA. <laughs> we're going to wait to tell you. We know who it is, but we're going to we're going to let you guys be surprised next week. <laughs> so, Tane, what have these masked people been up to while I've been gone? Cuz I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, the headliner is Vincent and Brianna are having a girl. Oh. Um, yes. I think at some point she had said she doesn't know what she's having. She said she didn't know what her due date was. Then she said, like, you know, she was having some health issues, but it's not what everyone thinks. So it was just like, how do you not know your due date? Like, especially for someone, how far she's showing. I don't know if I believed her, but also I'm not going to say she's lying. So. She's having a girl. I still don't know. I think fall is when she said the baby's due, but congratulations to them. When someone says they don't know their due date, I'm like, are you Phaedra? Are you Phaedra? <laughs> <laughs> legendary. Um, legendary. <laughs> but speaking of um, Brianna, I think I had mentioned not long ago about the Atlanta ladies, but they did get together. Um, all five of them. This is me questioning how many couples. Yes, it's all five of them. I think, I can't remember who captioned it. It might have been Clara. And she was like, is it Clara or Claire? Clara. Clara? Clara. Clara. When she um, she just said, finally got the gang together again. So it was nice to see all of them hanging out. I, I want to say it was a game, a baseball game, but I'm not sure. But yeah. Um, Jeffy and Shawnee celebrated their five-year anniversary Listen, guys, every year they celebrate. I can't believe they made it. Like, <laughs> good for them. And again, this is the longest they've ever been in a good place. They look happy. They look like they're settled. They love each other. And what a story. <laughs> it is. I mean, if you don't believe in God, just show Shawnee and Jeff D still together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I attribute it to some sort of higher power. I, I'm very <laughs> proud of them because they really haven't had any uh, social media drama, I think, at this point in a couple years. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Growth. I wonder if not filming Couples Cam helps. Maybe. You don't have to generate drama. So I was trying to think because, you know, there's a certain some seasons, I think, like Philly, when on Chicago, when people are celebrating their anniversary other couples are also celebrating the anniversary i was like how come they're the only ones i'm like huh they're the only ones who made it <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why um beth and jamie met up with diana and greg and their cute little son for brunch these two are really like they're actually friend friends not just instagram friends they're are they the only survivors from their season I believe so. That was the yeah. Olivia and Iris season. That was the Matt <laughs> season. And that was uh who's last. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Um Jasmina and Katina are still hanging out often. And it just made me think again. I haven't seen the group together, but Alyssa and Noi are, you know, hanging out a lot. Noise. I mean Alyssa is very active on Noise page and Noi is very active on Alyssa's page. So I just wonder what the story is with those. I wonder if all four of them are still friends. I thought Lindsay was the odd man out. So it's interesting that we're not seeing the four of them hang out when they didn't seem to have any issues with each other. Unless I'm forgetting something. 
Well, I think the, for me, like if I had to make a guess, it's like the you know who inherited who when Noi and Steve split. <laughs> That's my guess, but I don't know. I just haven't seen them hang out, they'll comment and stuff like that. She did. Noi did write a really touching story about her and Sushi and how Sushi died in her arms and her best friend was there holding her and how he's been there and was a gift from an ex and he's outlived all her relationships. So rest in peace, Sushi. Um, Clara got matching tattoos with her best friend. Not Virginia. But it was an interesting tattoo. It was like, it's on their wrist or something of wine being poured. Okay, that's a choice. <laughs> that is a choice. Um, finally, I want to talk about a comment from one of our listeners. Thank you and hi, Steph at the Lake House. Um, we got a lot of comments about the whole Alexis and Justin. That was two episodes ago. We're still getting comments about it. And I appreciate everyone's comment because there's different points of view. But Steph at the Lake House's comment was interesting because her take is a little different from what we've been getting she said that she is kind of peeved that Justin is getting the heat for this, that it really bothers her that Justin is taking such a hit on this, that people are making the assumption that Justin keeping his dog on the leash was proof that Maya was dangerous, guilty, I'm one of those people, and that Alexis letting her dog roam free was proof that her dog could be trusted. Well, I think the only thing I thought about that was that she just trusted Justin, but she said that this might be correlation and not causation, that the reality is that no dog can be trusted when you're meeting another dog. And the right thing to do is to be cautious and to maintain a way to keep physical control. And in this regard, Justin was the one that was showing some sense and Alexis was being naive and negligent. That's so, a take. It doesn't, I, I mean, it doesn't sound wrong. Yeah. It doesn't. She's like, even the sweetest of dogs can snarl and snap when they feel threatened. And from a dog's perspective, Justin's dog likely felt itself to be at a disadvantage by being the only dog that was still leashed and without any control of its own. They should have all met in neutral territory. We got that a lot going for a walk together. But she feels like maybe they were pressured by production. But she feels that Justin was being very responsible in responding to the situation now that it happened. And but she gives Alexis credit for going to the vet, but she should take some responsibility for the situation that she put her dog into. So I thought that was an interesting comment. And the reason I bring that up was because of something that happened last episode where she didn't know that he hadn't eaten or he was taking medicine and he was throwing up blood. And I was like, why would Justin do that? But someone sent us a comment letting us know that Alexis was not in the house. And she left, and she left Newton with Justin. The in, the the surprise or the hilt you hear in my voice is after all said and done and everything that happened, she left Newton with Justin by by himself. I'm so confused. When did she leave? That's what I'm saying. I didn't I didn't know that, but apparently because they got mad and she left the house. Remember, she didn't know. That the dog hadn't eaten or something like that, or the dog. Was oh, <laughs> okay. See, this all makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's bad. He was like, why didn't she know he hadn't eaten or he hadn't? I don't know why, because a lot of takes also on the internet is that Alexis seems to not know a lot about Newton <laughs> for someone who claims to love her dog. So <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering, you know, what that was. And someone was like, oh, yeah, she left out. And I'm just surprised. Like, after everything, I thought she said she wouldn't leave him in, the, in an unsafe environment and you left him alone. So if that is actually the case, that is that is uh, that is a choice. 
yes, I feel like, well, we can talk about it, you know, in the episode. Wait a second. That was last week's episode. Two weeks. No, no. When she left. Last week. Yes, it was last week's episode. Yes. I'm sorry, you guys. I watched last week's episode and this week's episode in one sitting, basically. (laughs) So if things get mixed up, eh, they may get mixed up. Uh, Yeah, I'm actually glad we're talking about this. Because now this all makes sense. Why would all that be happening with your dog and you don't know? Yeah, two days. My So my interpretation was he just wasn't eating because he didn't have an appetite. And Justin was feeding him medicine on an empty stomach. And she had told him, if he's not eating, don't give him medicine. That was my interpretation. If so you have time to leave, how do you have time to give instructions to take your dog with you and take care of your own damn dog? <laughs> And also, if she left the house, why wouldn't you take Newton with you? I don't know. And I don't know how to fact check. I don't know how maybe it was said, but that was what we were told, that that made more sense, but it was very confusing. Timelines. It's always a struggle on maps with the timelines. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready to talk about this week's episode? I am. I found this week's episode to be slow in comparison to last week's episode, but the next week's episode looks like good, so I feel like we're in a you know, one good episode, one kind of, lo- and then another good episode. Let me tell you what they're good at: the previews. Every preview, I'm like, this season's gonna be good. <laughs> Every time <laughs> they show the previews, and then I realized they're very good at the fake outs. So, so the episode starts with a round robbing of all the couples doing various activities. Blah blah blah. I just was not ready for the Alexis and Justin face mask. I, you know, I needed to be prepared because <laughs> it just came away. <laughs> And I was like, what in the world? But um, the true episode starts with Morgan and Ben. And Morgan says they're doing better. And she'd planned a date for them. And the date was mermaid school? <laughs> ben looks like, what the fuck? This is it? Like, the whole time? <laughs> so, I, I, I noticed. <laughs> and this happened last week with the themed um, family and friends party or housewarming or whatever. That Bass is trying to be more visually interesting this season. I feel like they're very focused on things looking interesting. Maybe. That's true. We've never had a theme. Have we? I don't know. A theme. Yeah, no, we have. We have the themed because I remember Bao and Johnny having like some theme for their thing. I don't know. But Mermaid's So they've had themes before, but costumes? I feel like everybody was told to wear a costume because each couple. What? Except Morgan and Ben. Except Morgan and Ben. So I just thought there's something visual here that the producers are aiming for. Mermaid school is a stretch. Like that, I, I, anyways. I mean, overall, they seem to be laughing, but it looked quite boring. Not going to lie to you. But Ben says seeing her happy made him happy. Okay. Like Nana said, these two are DOA, dead on arrival. Um, We move on to Kristen and Mitch, and we start with Luna humping her bed aggressively. Um, Mitch is making food for Kristen, making funny Italian accents. Kristen asks how he's doing. Like, he's like, thank you for asking. And Mitch actually answers in detail. You know how you ask somebody, how was your day? I'm good. It was good. Or it was terrible. I don't want to talk about no. (laughs) answers this happened this happened that happened and he's going on and on about his job and 
Kristen looked like she regretted asking that question, but she pivots and is like, I think I want us to focus on us and having kids soon. And Mitch deflects from my point of view. <laughs> and then she starts talking about investments. And after they have one or two babies, they can flip homes. And she throws in, they could even have sustainable houses. I think she was just doing that to pique his interest. But Mitch is not having it. He just looks not interested. And he comes back and he's like, so you want to flip houses? And she asks, like, are you even taking me seriously? And he's like, I think that's great, babe. And smiles again, indicating that he's not interested in whatever she's saying. And from nowhere, Mitch finds another reason to be a party pooper and says that only the rich seem to be able to have houses. And as a guy in politics, he has an opinion on everything. And I'm like, I don't. You know, last episode, they were trying to have a housewarming party and he started talking about communism and French people. And is everything always going to be a detour? It's just an unnecessary negativity. And later on, they talk about it more. And it's just, it's, it's just very, who would want to live with this? Every day. And, For the and, uh. I used to work in politics and there's no requirement that because you work in politics, you have to have an opinion on everything. You really don't. I don't know why he used that as a caveat. Like, it's just your nature has nothing to be in politics. Like politicians, we know they don't care. (laughs) 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 So (laughs) don't use that. Um, They move on because they get a knock on the door. And it's like a a basket of bubbly and an envelope that every couple is going to receive. But before we move on to that, I I, I wanted to point out, like, we know how Mitch is, but I don't know. If this guy wants kids, he claims he wants kids, but he's anti-everything you need to have kids, like a salary, a house. Like, what is Mitch's plan to having a family like why did he want to get married that that, mitch is a a mystery i don't really understand him at all i don't know they shouldn't have picked him like they knew the extent of what this is like it's not fair to sick someone like mitch on some some (laughs) like on another human being (laughs) suspecting human being who just wants this to work even for the best of them I group Kristen with the shawnees and the pages and the there's one last one Mindy? You always give Mindy all this, this, this credit that I always am like, I don't know. <laughs> I, said it, I said it with a question mark. I'm like, it is going to get on me as it was leaving my mouth. <laughs> well, the thems. I group Kristen in there and I'm like, at what cost? Like, at what cost? This is, this is, this is too much. Um, we see Nate reading the card and he asked him to have an open and honest conversation on what it would take to fall in love with your new spouse in the real world. And I'm like, oh my God, is this the fall in love episode? Because this is the stupidest thing. Why do they want these people to fall in love after two weeks? Well, three weeks. I think every time they do this, it's not, I always feel like it's supposed to be like an academic discussion, like love in theory, not necessarily in relation to the person that they're with. But you can't have two married people sit down and talk about love and theory without them eventually talking about themselves. Yeah, I actually don't think it's in theory. Because I remember that one season where they kept talking about the falling in love crap and Dr. Viviana was talking about how they should fall in love. I'm like, why? It's one month or whatever it was. 
But anyways, we move on to Stasha and Nate. Stasha asks where Nate is on the spectrum. I think they're in the pool or something. And Nate says, two is the middle, like a four out of a 10. And Stasha's like, damn, you're just at 40? Again, just reminder, guys, we are in day 20. And Stasha asks how she can get closer to 100, and he says, time. And then he asks her the same question. She's like, I'm almost at love. I'm at an eight. And Nate says, like, um, he feels like a dick. <laughs> and then he asks if he hurts her feelings, and he says he doesn't want to be overly excited and just be like, oh, I'm in love with you, but it's not really what he feels. And Stasha says she's going back to what Pastor Kyle said, where love is more of a commitment. Again, if that's what she means, I don't know how much more committed he can be. I I just felt like he couldn't he couldn't win this conversation. No. <laughs> so Nate says again that you know it has to evolve, he has to be comfortable, and then Stasha asks, "When's the last time that he was in love? And does he even know what the feeling is like?" I'm like, girl. <laughs> Nate says, well, I mean, it's been a while. It's been since high school. She's like, so you were in a two-year relationship and you were not in love with them? And we cut to the confessional and Nate says he wants to be married once and he wants to be slow to open up to his wife. It sounds counterproductive, but he wants to go all in with the commitment and really understand her 100%. He says if they're going to be together, he tells her that if they're going to be together for 20 years, they're just on week three. Like, he hasn't taken her on dates. They haven't gotten drunk together. They haven't had some experiences together. Sounds reasonable to me, Aid. I, I don't... <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, it sounded very reasonable to me, too. <laughs> so I'm like, are we on the wrong team? I don't... I don't... I don't think we're on the wrong team. I, unless she's not communicating what her real question is. Like... Going back to when she said, Pastor Kyle said, where love is more of a commitment, then you ask him, are you committed? And the answer is yes. He's shown <laughs> that he's committed. Now, if No, no, he said he's committed. He said he's committed. <laughs> no, I do think, listen, we don't have proof on Nate yet, but I do think he is committing by doing the things that, she wants him to or expects him to at least i think in after party i think she said something different but you realize that stasha is the same person last episode who was giving advice to morgan that you need to give people time to open up to you <laughs> i was just like who you you <laughs> so not quite sure what's going on with stasha but yeah so stasha says like you know i'm not like putting you on a timeline um, I have to know that you love me before decision day. Like, it's not like that, but it's kind of like that. And I'm like, why do they make them have these conversations this early? Um, like I said, I think it's supposed to be theoretical in some sense. You're supposed to talk about what love is and what it means to you so that you can grow your relationship. Not mm. fight about whether or not you're in love with each other. Mm. I don't know. This is a very strange conversation to be having, but okay. Why don't they just let them have it organically? I don't know. There are many other organically things. Organically on maps? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up to $100 per day, 
are up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AutoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AutoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you could eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Okay, and we're back with Kristen and Mitch, who featured a lot on this episode, might I add? (laughs) I felt like every other scene was them. So Kristen asked him if he's ever really never been in love before and he says he is usually confused that he doesn't think he's been in love before and Kristen says she has that she falls in love easily actually she says her last stints didn't end badly they ended catastrophically and Mitch says he's scared of this because even though it didn't happen to him that way it happened to his parents so she asks him if he thinks that from their short marriage a life married is a better life than a life single how do I phrase this? In, in any other world, this is like a regular degular question, but coming from Kristen, who has given the impression that she just feels like if you're not a married person, you, why are you even breathing? <laughs> actually, I actually got desperation vibes from it. It was like, do you prefer me to nothing? That was the question she asked. <laughs> I don't think she meant to ask it, but that's what she asked. <laughs> He says he does, and he wants to fall in love and be loved back. He says he can see them making it, and that's nice to hear that they're on the same page. She says she's happy every day, even though he drives her crazy sometimes, like when she was being vulnerable and sharing her dreams, and he was being goofy about it. That's funny because it was nice seeing him actually be serious, because I don't think he's ever, like, he doesn't take things seriously. He's always cracking a joke or going off tangent about something. But he says she's right and he's sorry. Mitch is very quick with the sorries. And he should have been attentive. And he brings up the whole people that have less than him. And he worries about that. How did we get here? But Kristen shuts him down and is like, I don't want to live a life of guilt. And he turns it to him again, somehow, some way. I 
This is exhausting to watch. I can't imagine living it. So moving on to Alexis and Justin, they dive straight into the assignment as if we didn't leave them in pieces last week in the candy store or wherever the hell it was. It was not a good week for them last week. <laughs> did you find it as funny as I did that Nana was like surprised that they were in love? I thought, cause she's like, these are two people who don't even want to be married. I was like, oh no. <laughs> That's why Nana was like the voice of reason. Because I was like, this is what happens when you watch this show too long. Some outsider comes in and is like, you know, it makes no sense for these two people to be talking about love three days after knowing each other. <laughs> so Alexis is smoking her hookah and asks him if he has been in love before. And he says he thought it was, but it wasn't. He says he was her first girlfriend, his first girlfriend, and he was 20 and he lost his virginity to her. And then she was dogging him. I think she called him a late bloomer for losing his virginity at 20. Um, and then she said that his girl, his ex that he was in love with dogged him because he was a yes man. So she asked, you know, if receiving love from family members, like, was it one-sided? And he said, yes, his dad was in and out of his life and he felt he had to prove his love. Alexis asked him if the concept of falling out of love is a thing. And I'm like, why is she asking? Because that's what's happened to her? Because she has <laughs> yes. unquote, love with Justin. She's also, like, wait, I told him I loved him and now I can't stand this man. Backtracking. <laughs> also, why is she the only one who gets to ask? Like the entire time she proved, who said it last week? Where they, the friend said, no, when he, Justin said that he just keeps, she just keeps badgering him with questions back to back. And I was like, no, no, she doesn't. But this episode, definitely. She just asked straight questions and he didn't get to ask a question. So okay. he said... I did feel like she did give him a chance to answer the questions that she asked, though. She did give him a chance, but I was like, I wish he had time to ask his own questions. His own questions were like, what about you? But like, he didn't get to ask other questions. Not only in this in this uh, assignment, but in other things when they're talking. She just gets to ask most of the questions. So he says he believes that falling out of love is a thing. And she says that's hard, you know, to fall out of love. Like when you love somebody and to suddenly just say you're out of love with a person. And then he asked her, can you tell me how much you love me? It was like more like Beggy, like, you know, how much you love me, please, please. And he didn't say that. That's me, guys. <laughs> and she says, no, not right now. I'm sorry. I think she did that to hurt his feelings. She knows he's sensitive, and I think she hates him right now. And she says, I can't say it right now because I'm uncomfortable. I don't and, see. I don't think she did it to hurt his feelings. I think she was just being honest. Oh, I think she was honest. How in the hell are you going to ask someone to tell them that they, like, you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> Because again, if you have to ask for the person, exactly, that's exactly, just it's just like when you ask a guy, "What are we?" There's your answer right there. <laughs> there it is. Um, she tells him that the consistency is not there, and she felt alone at the candy store, and she just wants the security back that they had back in the honeymoon. Proud of Justin, he didn't cry. I was a little annoyed with Alexis at that statement. She's basically like. Can we go back to fantasy land when we had no real problems? Can we, uh, <laughs> where we didn't have to live together or deal with daily life together or deal with any issues? I'm like, why would you think that your marriage will ever be what it was in fantasy land? 
You're supposed to grow beyond that. It, because marriage is not hard. People always say it's hard. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm still waiting. I can't believe she said that with a straight face as a grown adult. Uh, <laughs> uh. Going back to Nate and Stasha. Stasha brings it up again about how Pastor Cal, like, listen, this girl listens to Pastor Cal, says that you have to have measurable goals, like, where is Nate on the love thing? I don't know how much of this was producer influenced and how much was Stasha influenced, but I, this was a lot. Uh, like, how can you have a different answer in two days? It just, uh, I felt like Nate was being badgered. Yes. He was. So Nate looks ambushed <laughs> and Stasha says, that's the goal of the marriage. It has to be measurable. Nate says, just know that we're good. I want to know you. I want to know your soul and your vision and your family. And at this point, I don't know what she's even asking for anymore because I'm frustrated. I was so frustrated. I think I tweeted, I was like, cause of exhaustion, Stasha. I, I just, I have nothing else to listen to this. Nate says, love is not just one thing, it's multifaceted. And she keeps digging and digging. And how can someone agree to live with her, have a joint account, and there's no love? Nate says he has nothing else to say because she's just playing devil's advocate right now. And she said, oh, so is this our first argument? And do you feel attacked? <laughs> I was like, what? Are you just having fun? <laughs> I don't. You- I mean, I don't think she was having fun, but I don't... I don't know what you actually gain by asking someone if they're feeling attacked. You should just, if you feel like you're attacking somebody, you should just stop. <laughs> How's about that? <laughs> he said, no, like, I think it, you're, you're trying to get my intention and you're going about it the wrong way, which is a form of manipulation. And I don't think Nate is wrong. Um, I think manipulation's a big word. Yes. Let me let me explain my point of view. Manipulation is a big word, and I think it's in the family of for those who watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when Crystal said she was violated, and everyone was like, ah, but in the definition of things, she was violated. Her space was violated. So manipulation, because you always think like, oh, you're trying to get something out of it or whatever, and it sounds evil, but she was trying to get him to say something he's not giving or saying what she wants him to hear so she's going about it in different maneuvering different word word manipulation actually and using different phrases and words to make him to get to that point and cornering him like oh you're not doing this oh why don't you say this so and it was weird because he's answered you but it's not enough for you you keep on looking for a new answer the one that will yes. satisfy you yes So Stasha says it doesn't feel good that he feels that she's manipulating him and then asks, so now do you feel differently about me now? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, this is a lot. So, you know, at this point, Stasha is a mix of insecurity and someone you can definitely tell she's been to therapy. It's like Lindsay. You know how we talked a lot about how this girl has been to therapy and she's using all all the words and all the things, but just not in the way it should be used. So, yeah. She did say, remember when she was crying in the beginning, in the beginning of the season where she was saying like, she's a lot and she's not sure Nate knows what he's getting into? You're like, no, he should know. He should know what he's getting into. 
was a lot. Um, so Lindy and Miguel, actually, Aid, what are your thoughts on the insurance thing? I'm, I, we can't go through this episode without you, without us talking about that stupid, stupid ass fight. Um, I think Miguel should have put Lindy on his insurance without all this like arguing. I know it's a hassle. I know it costs more money, but it's health insurance. And you can add someone after a qualifying life event, such as a marriage or a divorce. So I, I just felt like he should have put it on there. And <clears throat> when she was explaining to his friends at the party that it was like, I want health insurance. And he's like, I want a last name. I thought he was wrong for that. I don't think he's wrong for wanting her to take his last name. But I don't know what that has to do with health insurance. That was my argument was that was the only thing he fucked up on was like using it as a bargaining tool for the last name thing. But why, like, why does she want this man to, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was not team Lindy on that at all. I don't know why she wants him to give her insurance. Why does she not have insurance? Now that I do wonder. Um, <laughs> it's so you, important. Why, like, what, I, I, but it is amazing to me how, bad uh you would think healthcare would be like if you work in healthcare you can get good healthcare it's shocking to me that you'd be employed in the field of healthcare and then they would be so rude as to not even offer you health insurance if that's the case i mean it was when she brought up the point of if she gets hit by a bus but what if she was hit by a bus before she met miguel what was her plan of action then i don't know i didn't like it miguel um talks about the insurance thing with his friend Steve, who, if you guys don't know, I don't like Steve. I feel like Steve is bad vibes. Before the he wedding... Is. Why wedding, is he doing so much? Why is Steve here? I feel like Steve was on my screen a lot between last week and this week. <laughs> He's the friend. He's like, what's that Olajuwon's one friend who showed up for <laughs> Um, Again, I don't like Steve. Steve is not being objective. The beauty of being a friend is being objective and bringing up things and telling your friend when they're wrong... Steve's only job is to bring up the worst case scenario and not try to, you know, bring perspective to your friend and he needs to go away. So Miguel says, you know, he questions who he married and Steve asks if she's passed the Jekyll and Hyde thing. Ugh, I don't, I think I like this conversation. And Steve asks him, if, has Miguel turned off his red flag detector? This was just a negative conversation to me. I just... I didn't see the point of it. I don't know how you're helping your friend. It's a hard situation. You're getting to know someone and you're getting to the quote unquote ugly parts of the person. Help your friend navigate, not help your friend run away. So I can tell if Steve decided that he didn't like Lindy because of stuff that Miguel said, or if he came to that conclusion on his own, but he doesn't like her. Yeah. He's like, we want to like her. I think Miguel told her stuff because of the Jekyll and Hyde comment. Have That's we funny. seen the Jekyll and the Hyde? No, and I hope they're not basing it on just that one incident. <laughs> and I also, I think what bothers me about it is I'm like, if a person gets upset and then they're not upset anymore, are they Jekyll and Hyde or do they just have emotions? <laughs> ah, good question. I don't so even care. I mean, Lindy is annoying in many ways, but I, this one, I just didn't like this characterization of her. Mm. I just didn't like Steve. So whatever came out of his mouth, I was not on it on that side. So we go back to Kristen and Mitch. They're going to karaoke. And this was a point where I questioned, why are we getting so much of these people? But they do look like they're having fun. Um, 
she says that her husband is good at rapping okay whatever you say he brings up the houses again and how the mention of flipping houses triggered him everything triggers you mitch i don't know <laughs> why you're on earth you don't seem to like earth a lot <laughs> he needs to go in space and he uses the word that he the flipping houses he finds it predatory she tells him that she's not a big corporation <laughs> trying to ruin anybody's lives. <laughs> she's just trying to reward herself and she has been open to him and she hopes that she, to get the same respect from him. She says she tries to meet him halfway and he just goes off and is like, eh, that sounds like a platitude. I don't want to be comforted. He says he doesn't want her to make him feel like, oh, there's something wrong with him. I'm like, but you can, Mitch. You can make her feel like something's wrong with her. He says that what she was saying feels inauthentic and she said, don't question me, that she can have a response if she feels like it. He said he didn't mean that she was inauthentic, just that one thing she said was inauthentic. What What are we doing, Mitch? What are we doing? And while she's playing, going on- What we are doing with Mitch is playing a game of who's the best liberal? I'm more liberal than you. <laughs> I don't know. Mitch 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 is like a like a dog with a bone. He doesn't let go and just keeps going and going. But he said, you know, when she went off and was like, "Don't say that to me." He still wouldn't let go and he's like, "Well, that's how I felt in the moment and I'm sorry if that doesn't sit well with you." That's awful. <laughs> it was a very values-based discussion. But first off, it's reality TV. So Mitch didn't articulate himself well at all um, to explain why his values might not align with someone who flips houses. Um, And he was rude, so that didn't help. But Mitch's values are mostly hogwash, so that's another issue. Yeah. They're not... You can't be a purist. Some people would say that's a cop-out, that being a house flipper is like being a demon and then no one can afford houses. There's probably some truth to that. But I think everybody in their political beliefs or whatever has things that are not in alignment. For me personally, Chick-fil-A. I go and eat my hate chicken. Does that make me a good liberal? Probably not. But I like Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> with Kristen, she probably thinks that she's like a good liberal, but she wants to flip houses. Which is probably not the purest, but... <clears throat> Kristen's a human and Mitch is a purist, but Mitch is only a purist in certain contexts. So it's really, really annoying. No one would, I mean, I can't imagine a person, no matter their political beliefs, just wanting to be with a Mitch because they're dogmatic and they don't have any space for nuance and they want everybody to live a certain way, even when they themselves won't commit to living that way. It's very hypocritical. I think my annoyance is that if he's to this level, he does not need to be on this show. Um, I don't think he could ever find someone who is as... Do they exist? I guess. But I honestly I think, think they can't be with each other. Those types of people. It's not our problem. If we if if they didn't recruit him, we wouldn't even know, and he'll have to figure that out on his own. But I'm pretty sure there's somebody else who is on his same level because there's someone for everyone. That is one platitude, so to speak, or some cliche phrase that I actually believe. There's groups for everything. You can find people who share that commonality with you. The problem is you're gonna 
have someone who shares your sustainability belief, but everything else, they're going to be an asshole. So no, this is what, sorry, I said no, but what I really mean is like the problem with having dogmatic beliefs about very specific things is that he'll find someone who is perhaps as committed as him, but they will believe things like, oh, you don't fly on airplanes and you only bike everywhere and you don't ride in cars. And that's not the same dogmatism as Mitch's. That's why this character trait is so annoying. <laughs> yeah. You've pictured things that you will compromise on, but you've also decided for your partner what things they're allowed to compromise on. And it, it, you will never find someone who aligns perfectly with all of the rules that you have for your sustainability beliefs. Yeah. Mitch's personality is just wanting to be different. He just doesn't want to conform. So we move to Morgan and Ben again, and Ben says he has not been in love with a significant other. Um, what else can you be in love with? I don't know. Besides the significant, he's like, because she said, "Have you been in love before?" He's like, "No, not with a significant other." I'm like, "What else?" <laughs> so she says she has with her last relationship, and they made it, and they made it work. And they showed up for each other. And she talked a little bit too long about this ex and how great they were. Then she tells an odd story of how her ex got drunk and said he will fight anyone for her. And he and then Ben is like, yeah, I agree. That's love. I'm like, what even is this conversation right now? What so, is with Morgan's thing? Morgan's thing is that she just goes on for too long in, in a very um, animated way. I think Morgan was having a separate conversation while using this description of her ex towards Ben. She's trying to tell Ben that's what it is to be down for me, not betray me and <laughs> sticking up for me. But this person was for me. Even when he was drunk, he was still for me. But she's trying to say it in the form of a quote unquote, ha ha funny story. Cause she really was laughing, but it wasn't funny. So I was wondering if this guy's so great, weren't you guys together? And she says it was a case of a right person, wrong time. I'm not really a believer in that. I just feel like <laughs> if it was the right person. <laughs> like, I don't know why people say that, but I, I don't know what it means anyways. But anyways, so he talks about Ben, that is talks about a girl that he liked in college and then he just went through the lowest parts of his life and there was a string of death. This felt like Michael all over again. I was like, oh my God, this is bad. Like, it's so hard to get over one. I can't imagine he went through his best friend, his grandma, his, I want to say his aunt had cancer. And he just felt like she was the one that got away because he got distant. He says he took the time to think about what happened in the honeymoon and it was his insecurity that projected on her he says how in the asian home he's loved for what he can achieve i mean insert that with nigerian or most immigrant homes and he projected that on her and how he usually feels like he's not enough he says how his dad didn't love him and truthfully she's not the only one with daddy issues he also has daddy issues Ben couldn't give him eye contact. I don't know why she wasn't looking at him, but I really appreciated his honesty on the whole situation. I appreciated his honesty, 
but I just felt like he was pouring his heart out to her. And she was like, that's good. <laughs> good. That's nice. You drew a cute picture. Nice. Good job, buddy. She, ben, um, Morgan is out. <laughs> Morgan has tapped out. I don't think she cares anymore. Um, But I think what confuses me is like, like if Alexis is tapped out, I sort of understand why she's tapped out. With Morgan, I feel like we're still stuck on whatever the hell that conversation was on the honeymoon. And I, like last week when his friends were like, okay, so he understands now and he's apologized. Like, are you going to keep on beating this dead horse? I I enjoyed how they did that because it feels like Morgan is never going to get over that thing ever. She doesn't want to. You know, these people are adults and they're in their thirties. What do they think relationships or marriages are? Like someone is not going to be hundred percent. It's not always going to be rosy. So if your plan is to, as she proudly said, if someone does something to me to lose my trust, I cut them off and that's it. One and done. Why did you sign up? I, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I don't want to believe that they're grown adults in their thirties who think romance relationships marriage is like this disney fairy tale la la all the time situation so i don't know and i know what he did was bad but it's not like this bad is it i guess the reaction she's giving him i don't know it's anyways he apologizes and says she's sorry for the part that he played and she said she accepts and she appreciates him figuring it out and verbalizing it it just sounds so clinical also, like so mechanical. Like you figured out your homework and you explained your homework. You passed the oral test. I don't know. <laughs> there was no, like he had a lot of emotional depth in that conversation. Um, And she just, she wasn't meeting it. No. Wasn't it was sad. So she says she feels like she couldn't meet his standards. And he says she doesn't have to, that she's enough and he's enough. And then Morgan was like, yeah, it's because you're a people pleaser. I'm like, oh my God, this girl. <laughs> and she says, I know it's hard to break the cycle, but I'm there to support you. I'll help you out. And I'm like, yeesh. And as a it side didn't note. It seem authentic. No, it didn't. I think she was like, okay, are we done now? Have you, are you done pouring out your heart? <laughs> All that was missing was a pat on the back, or a pat on the head, actually. Good job, buddy. As a side note, we got like the views and San Diego looks so pretty. I've never been. I know. And I, well, that's part of my visuals. I'm like the visuals of San Diego plus the visuals of them making people wear costumes and setting out beautiful picnics and making people go to mermaid school. Everything just looks nice this season. It does. It's a good metaphor for everything looking nice and being shit underneath. Woo! Good job, Aid. I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Stasha and Nate. They go to a cooking class and Stasha tells us that the fight made her want to put up her walls, but she promised not to run away from her husband. She promised to run towards her husband. And what are they cooking, Aid? Salmon. The official And asparagus. The official complete maps meal. Stasha <laughs> <laughs> asks how he feels and he says, you know, I'm good. Um, we weren't like screaming at each other. And Stasha says, but I could tell you were elevating. I'm like, oh my God, why, Stasha? Like, don't you want peace? Peace in your life? 
So Nate says he thought she was playing games, and Stasha says, I mean, she tells us. I was just holding it in, but inside I was going crazy and cussing up a storm. He tries to explain his um, relationship where he was not in love, like, you know, it was like toxic. And she says, well, that could be us since I'm at a four. I'm like, oh gosh. (laughs) That was a funny thing. Like, he never said you're a four out of 10. He said, I'm 40% in love with you. Yeah. There's a big difference. It wasn't a ranking against you. It was about how he feels about you after he's known you for 14 days. Mm-hmm. And she's be acting like he said, you're a four. And he didn't say, I will never get there. He said, I just want to know you. So when I say I love you, I'm not pulling a Justin where I love you because I don't want you to leave me. And I'm just saying words like, I really genuinely want to love you, but I want to go through the process. Hey, Nate says, are you afraid of me not being in love with you? And she says, yes. And he's like, why didn't you just say that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's kind of a good thing that it takes like some conversation to get to the point. And that is the point, which is a, that was rational. Out of everything she said, I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know what's so funny? When people get in relationships or when people talk about relationships and they say, oh, what is the secret? And people are like, communication, communication, communication. Communication is one of the hardest things because you could think you're communicating the shit out of something and someone's like, what are you saying? All I'm hearing is blah, 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 blah. So that was funny when he was like, why didn't you just say that? Because I'm sure she thinks that's what I've been saying. I I, I don't give her that's what I thought she was saying. But he he was not understanding her. So, yeah, communication. (laughs) Well, Nate reassures her, says he's here, he wants to be with her, and they're on a good path. And she tells us that she still has faith. Um, And they say, here's to faith. Or Nate says, here's to faith. Cheers. (laughs) Okay, guys, we'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back with Kristen and Mitch having a date that is a cleanup date on the beach. 
And again, is this the life that this woman signed up for? A woman who just wants to spoil herself and live, I know this is the most overused word on the socials, but a soft life. And this man is taking her on the beach to clean it up. But they stop to talk and, you know, he's saying how he appreciates her. And then Kristen is like, yeah, like, I'm glad that you appreciate me and I'm glad that you're showing it. You need to do that more. And I'm good on Kristen for demanding her value and asking him to show it because we're watching her disappear into thin air and lose herself. So that was good. I enjoyed seeing that. Um, Lindy and Miguel have like a conversation about what the fight that they had. And Miguel makes a statement that stood out to me where he's like, well, you know, when I'm dating people, if I perceive them to be crazy. And I said, what? (laughs) Did he just call his wife crazy? (laughs) And I was just like, to perceive them to be crazy. (laughs) When do you do that perception? When they get upset with you, when they disagree with you, what qualifies them as crazy in your eyes that you apparently didn't figure out before you started dating? Exactly. You like them for a reason and you have to understand that everyone's not going to be perfect. He could have just said, when I see them kind of lose their cool or have their moments, but he said crazy. I don't know. Miguel and Lindsay's fights always just drive me, well, crazy because I never understand what they're fighting about. It's like, are we poking the bear or are we, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, Morgan and Ben, the Ben did a nice thing for her. She got back from work and you could tell like this is a moment that she described on the honeymoon where she just wants to come back home and chill and be by herself. But Ben, in my eyes, grabbed her arm and he had Korean barbecue cooking for her in the living room, which I think was nice. Maybe not the best time. I don't, I don't know. The way she described it, she just wants to come back and be by herself. But she was like, oh, this is nice. And then um, the smoke alarm went off. And of course, it kind of ruined the moment, but I'm not sure if it completely ruined the moment. But the thing that I thought was weird was they were eating and Ben is like, I really enjoyed opening up to you. Then he was like, do you have anything to open up about or should I go again? That was (laughs) all. I think Ben is not good at taking direction from production to make things seem natural when they're not. But he opens up to her again about stuff, but Morgan is not like a warm person or it was just the wrong timing. But again, it's going to be very hard for me to watch their scenes because I just think that it's hard to watch Ben grovel and Morgan is out. So no matter what you do, there's no point anyways, so... So earlier in the episode, they showed Stasha giving Nate a shirt. And it was kind of weird because I was like, wonder why they're showing us give him a shirt. Okay. Um, And then we realized that all of the wives got the same shirt, gave it to their husbands to wear to a meetup. Um, (laughs) All of the normal guys take the shirt, put it on, say thank you. And are like, whatever. Maybe they know there's something going on. Maybe they don't. But they're just like, my wife gave me a shirt. Like, why argue with this? Then there is Mitch. (laughs) Mitch refuses to wear the shirt. So Kristen sneaks him into the bathroom and like, they're mic'd, but no secrets. She's like, look, everybody's going to wear the shirt. Just wear the, please wear the shirt. And he just will not stop kicking up, up a fuss about it. Like, you would think once you hear the joke. I mean, his original reason for not wearing the shirt made no sense either. It's just not the type of shirt I would wear. Uh, There's buttons. These buttons. It, it was dumb. Um, 
So finally she lets him in on the joke and he's like, I will wear it for a very short amount of time, but I will bring another shirt to wear. And it's just, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is a lot of discussion over just a t-shirt. Also, your wife buys you a shirt. Just do, like, even if you don't want to, just, you're not, are you going to die? No. Why are you not just doing it for the sake? I, I felt for her when she explained the joke. And he still didn't want to do it. That's selfish AF. Something that I find bothers me about Mitch is that it's hard to take his stand seriously because he takes other stands that make no sense. Like? Like this shirt thing is a stand that doesn't make sense. Or making her pay literally 20 times as much for little jello shot holders. Uh, no single-use plastics. Like, it's, it's annoying. Um... So they go meet up and everybody is very good natured about the shirt um, and they laugh or whatever. And then, of course, Mitch disappears to put on another shirt. Everybody asks him about it. And he's just like, oh, I just didn't want to wear that shirt. It's very wasteful. <laughs> I'm very surprised that no one has done this in 14 seasons. The getting your husband to wear the same shirt joke, it never gets old to me. I always enjoy watching videos of it. I saw one that was like a family meeting up for Thanksgiving. And it looked like they were in a hotel. And I was like, this is genius because it was a big family. And all the husbands, the genius part is like, wow, you don't have to cook or clean or everything if you go to a hotel for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> but all the husbands showed up wearing the same shirt. And it was it was really funny. It's just it's a cute little joke. Yeah, I wonder whose idea it was. And they did not talk about it on After Party, but okay. I'm like, I don't typically like a lot of practical jokes because they tend to have an underlying, I don't know, meanness to them. So I enjoy a good practical joke that's like no harm, no foul, just fun. And I feel like this shirt one is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So th th they're going to group therapy with Dr. Pia Holick. So she walks in and she's like, I've been told what's going on by all the experts. And what so we're going to have... A, what? Did you notice her outfit? It was a bit, it was a bit something. <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily what I would wear to conduct group therapy. I don't know. It was like a balloon skirt. It was just so interesting first appearance. It was also anticlimactic. I've literally been waiting for the guests. What are they? Guest experts. And it was just, she walked in and that was it. And I was like, what was I expecting? I don't know, my friend. She tells us that she's a psychotherapist sex therapist i was confused that's a lot of therapist um <laughs> i also having watched these people like argue with each other all episode long and share emotions all episode long i didn't really think group therapy was going to serve them they're not a group therapy type of group they can barely share with their partner why do they want to share with the group <laughs> so of course she has these emotion wheels and she tells them to share how they're feeling in their new marriages. First up is Justin, because he will share with anybody and everybody how he's feeling. <laughs> he admits that he can get emotional, but like Alexis gets annoyed with his response and then gets on him. And I was like, mm, that's one way to describe what's gone on. Kristen says in group therapy that she's worried about letting herself get lost in the relationship with Mitch, which obviously I was very happy to hear because we're concerned too, Kristen. Yep. She she hopes that they can find a balance in their, their interests and their values, I guess. 
I don't think Mitch believes in balance, though. I think Mitch believes in one way, his way. Yep, pretty much. He doesn't want to be forced to do things, but he's forcing her to do things. But that's okay. And, like, she forced him to wear a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) He forced her to spend oodles of money on Jell-O shot cups. As you can tell, guys, these Jell-O shot cups really bothered me. Um, Morgan and Ben lie about how they're getting better for them. I'm like, because you guys started in the gutter, so just having civil conversation is getting better. Um, Lindy and Miguel, she talks about how she wants her husband to see her crazy side. Why? Why do you want him to see your crazy side? But I'm telling Um, you, like, this is my issue with Lindy and Miguel, and that's why their fights drive me crazy. Miguel is just, like, poking, 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 and Lindy just wants to be like, let's do the fights. Let's do the ugly side. Let's go to, like, she wants to live up to what she's heard about marriage. I mean, I know I said I no adult would think, like, a fairy tale, but she also wants to be like, let's just go to the ugly part and go skip to all the parts, so let's get to the good part now. But she's not letting it just happen as it should be. It's like she's creating it. Okay, you 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 believe that she creates drama so that she can present her whole self? Yes, because she talked about it a lot. Even in the beginning when she told Pastor Cal, like, I know we're going to have fights. Like, I'm ready for us to have our first fight. And Pastor Cal was like, it's going to come, but don't will it into existence. Like, you don't need to be eager for it because it will be there. So she always wants to get there. And it's almost like she wants to be like, well, here I am. Is either you like me or not. Let's get to the part so I know that you can accept the bad sides of me. And if you're not, it's kind of like protecting herself because she's she has a little bit of fear. So, which is bad. I don't know. I'm not sure what Lindy is supposed to do. If something upsets you, let it upset you. I mean, you don't have to like go crazy, but you know, it's okay <laughs> to express emotions. But it also is like, as a grown-up, you can't just be losing your shit on people. Have some self-control. There's got to be a middle. That's what these people need to find. A happy middle. You don't get cast if you know how to, if you know where the happy middle is. Because um, you've already found someone to marry. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> um, Stasha says that she has been feeling lonely and vulnerable um, in her relationship with Nate because she needs reassurance that he's on his way to falling in love. And he says that his action should prove the effort that he's putting into the relationship, which is very retread for them. Um, Group therapy wasn't all that interesting. These people are not meant for group therapy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're not built for it. But don't hate me, Aid, but this is another reason. I don't think these couples should be hanging out with each other. Stay by yourself because there's too much (laughs) emphasis on every other person and what's going on. And uh, I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, I always agree with you in spirit about like, it's probably not a good idea for people to be all up in each other's business. And like comparison is the thief of joy. But the group scenes can sometimes be interesting. This wasn't a good one, but there are other ones that are better. Yeah, there there are scenes that are better. But okay, let me just generally say, I don't know that this cast is built for the group situation. Because going, I I seem to question everything. Going back to that conversation where um, Stasha was asking Lindy about Miguel, making sure she's okay. And then Stasha counters back with, 
oh, do you think Nate is genuine? Or the other one where Stasha was about to lay into one into Miguel about that. It's just too much nitpicking. Then we have Justin crying for Ben and then Justin going to tell, <laughs> I mean, Ben telling Justin stuff and it's too much into each other. It's like, they're not, mm-mm, not for this group. There's too much focus on everybody else. And then, I mean, not to jump the gun, but like the preview for next week, it's like, this person told me this, this person told us, well, now we're playing telephone and it's like, focus on yourselves. So. I think sometimes the one-on-one conversations can be good when the people are actually like, like Alexis and Kristen way back when I, you know, that was a good one, but the whole group mm, and yeah. Ben and Justin and the trouble that they're getting themselves into. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after this terrible group therapy, <laughs> Stasia and Nate end up having an individual conversation where they just retread what they talked about in the first half. And what they talked about a couple weeks ago, it's just the same thing over and over again. I feel sorry for Nate. I really do. I cannot imagine someone telling me all the time, you're not opening up. You're not giving me this. You don't love me. Da-da-da. Like, it's a lot. I don't know. And I feel like he is trying to, like, answer her and talk to her. And whatever he says is not what she wants to hear and it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, and we'll talk about this in our after party episode on Patreon. I felt like I, my opinion was the minority opinion. Like supposedly in this argument, somehow Stasha's right. Huh? Why do you think you're in a minority? Wait, you think Stasha's right? I don't think Stasha's right. But oh, okay. in After Party, it felt like we're supposed to believe that Stasha is right. Oh, we're going to talk about After Party. After Party was a hot mess. No. Mm-mm. I actually specifically made a note, like, I don't know what's going on with these people, but no. They're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as as per usual, we'd love from here for you guys. Like, is, is Stasha right and somehow we're wrong? <laughs> to yeah. tell us. Yeah. And I, I, I also will concede that, okay, this is a relationship. There's not really a wrong or a right. It just feels like Nate is, I mean, Nate's defenses are really bad. Like, as she referenced, you getting on a joint bank account when I make more money is not lost to you. <laughs> That's not a sign of commitment. Um, you sitting down to talk about our financial future and how we're going to do things, that is a sign of commitment. His things that he says are signs of commitment, I'm like, uh, but are they? I think going to therapy is. But have they been to the therapy? No, they going to the therapy in the future. <laughs> they just got back. You have to make sure they're in your insurance. And I don't know if you try to look for a therapist. They always have like wait lists and tell you, oh, we're full. Or you need to wait. You just don't call and then you get in the next day. And I also thought like, isn't doing maths with all of these so-called therapists, like, I don't know. Isn't that a form of therapy? Yeah. Like, can he do, can they finish out the show and then he do individual therapy afterwards? Or, I don't know. He kind of has to, because Stasha speaks in therapy. I mean, like, her words. Like, she sounds like someone who you know goes to therapy. Like, I mean, I'm generally supportive of therapy, but Stasha's therapy is weaponized therapy. I mean, I don't go that far, but a lot of people on the internet was like, she needs to find another therapist. I don't know that she needs to find another therapist, but if she's been going to individual therapy and she knows a lot about herself, 
that may not serve you as much as like couples therapy, where it's about relating to, to another whole human being, not a theoretical human being, an actual human being. That's true. I mean, remember Paige was seeing two therapists. <laughs> Going through the whole, so you know. The show, okay, so the show kind of ends with an overhead Dateline camera of Morgan and Ben, where she says he says something about plans for tomorrow or plans for the thing, and he she says Alexis told her everything. Mm. Um, so we see a preview for next week where um. She's like throwing flowers on the floor. It's amazing to me that as I watch this, I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure that Alex uh, that Morgan is wrong. I, I assume Morgan is wrong all of the time. Actually, whatever argument you're having, I don't see how throwing flowers on the floor helps anything. It's like just leave. Like just say not right now, or take the flowers and then dump them on the countertop. I don't know, but to throw it on the floor. But I wonder if it's a fake out. Maybe it accidentally slipped. Maybe. I'm I'm very curious to see what it is that Alexis told her. Because I have a feeling it's not going to be that bad. I have a feeling it's going to be before they made up. Like, just during the times. Because I would like to believe that Ben did not go back to Justin to tell him more stuff. I would hope not. So I think it's... I'm. I don't know if I'm hoping or I think that it was from the time that they talked about the nurse thing and all that kind of stuff. And she's just bringing that back up saying as a woman, I couldn't keep this from you. I have to be honest. So you know what you're dealing with. And there's that. And Morgan is the wrongest person to tell that kind of thing. You tell Lindy and she's like, I don't care. You tell Kristen, I'm married. I'm going to stay with my husband. But you tell Morgan that that's an out. Um, like Nana said, Morgan's done. Morgan wants mm-hmm. out. Morgan hates this man. And now we have to watch him drag it out. Possibly even say yes on decision day when we know that they should be done. Like I said, I wondered if they were going to have a Sam and Neil moment where she's going to have a turnaround towards the end and then Ben is going to be like, no, I don't want this. Thanks. Oh, I look forward to seeing it, which is good. <laughs> All right, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Kristen. I just feel she's just trying. Like she gets an A plus for effort. I might lose my shit if someone just refused to be like, was that stubborn about a damn t-shirt. But she always, it's like she's placating a child, which is not great, but you know, it's nice of her to do. Mm -hmm. Who has your bouquet? My bouquet goes to two people. It goes to Nate. And it goes to Ben. I appreciate Nate for standing his ground in a respectful way. Because I don't think that he was rude to her. I mean, I know towards the end he was. But he's a human being. And he was frustrated. I was frustrated and I was just watching. So he didn't have anything else that he could say. And I appreciate Ben for the self-reflection. And, you know, for letting Morgan know. And just for trying. Like, it just sucks when... You can tell someone is running, is fighting an uphill battle. So maybe it's a pity bouquet, but either way, it's a bouquet. Who has your burnt ashes? Alexis and Justin. I don't know what either one of them is doing or saying at any given time. And I go back and forth about who's right and who's wrong. 
But this episode, I just, I was very confused. I was very, very confused. What are they doing? What are they saying? Who is trying? I don't, I don't understand what they're trying to do here. Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes goes to Stasha. I, you know, for making me scream on my TV every scene. Like, every scene started with the four. Every scene started with the love. And I'm just like, this man is trying. Like, he hasn't given you any reason. And for that one question, does this make you look at me differently now? I was like, oh, Lord. That's why she has my burnt ashes. (laughs) Um, Before we sign off, I do want to say, like, someone sends in their burnt ashes. They did not bother with the bouquet. Um, Hi, Yasmin. Her burnt ashes went to Stasha and Mitch. <laughs> no reason, it's just Stasha and Mitch. I think it's self-explanatory. <laughs> very, a very self-explanatory. Thank you, Yasmin. Um, so that's it for us this week. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AltaCallMAFS. A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Love hearing from you guys. Next week, we will have a special guest. Looking forward to doing that episode. Yeah, we're available anyway. Listen to podcasts. Hope you're subscribed so you don't miss a new episode. Thank you for listening to our show. Please give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And we will see you next week. And don't forget that we have a bonus episode on Monday on our Patreon where we recap the MAPS after party. Bye, guys. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.